Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues here on the American Family Radio Network for this Tuesday, January the 25th. And uh, we thank you for listening to AFR. Joining me in studio today is Fred Jackson. Good morning, Tim. Chris Woodward. Good morning. And uh, in Kansas City is our good friend Ray Pritchard. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Tim. How you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Uh, you recovered from the emotional roller coaster of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs v. the Buffalo Bills from Sunday? The uh, greatest pro football game in the history <laughs> of all pro football games. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to argue. It's, it's definitely right up there. If it's not, uh, that was some ball game one of those games you hate to see anybody lose it's kind of weird tim it it basically came down to a coin flip right yeah and whoever got the ball in overtime i think was going to win that game and uh yes you know josh allen who's a fantastic young quarterback with the bills he only made one mistake tim all night long he called tails when he should have called heads (laughs) isn't that the truth i think uh god looked down on planet earth and said unto Patrick Mahomes and unto Josh Allen, I shall give thee golden arms. <laughs> oh, yes. So that, oh, yes. So that thou shall make millions of dollars <laughs> with thy arms. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, those guys uh, are so talented. But it was a Tim, fun, Tim, Tim yeah. don't you think – I mean, seriously, you do think that – we. NFL probably should change those overtime rules, especially yeah. in the in the playoffs. I mean, yeah, because uh, what you had is uh, you had the two teams they played the six, the whole game and their defenses are gassed. Right. And uh, then the rule is the coin flip: whoever gets it, if they score a touchdown, the game's over. The other team doesn't even get an opportunity. Doesn't seem right. Yeah, it's not right. We need just we need justice. <laughs> We were here in Kansas City. We were complaining about that in 2018 right. when Tom Brady got the ball in overtime yep. and, and did the same thing to the Chiefs. This time around, not as many, right. not as many complaints. complaints. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need some. We need some justice in this world on the NFL overtime rules. Uh, it was a fun game uh, to watch, uh, Kansas City. And uh, now Kansas City and uh, Cincinnati, and then yeah, yeah. Uh, LA. Got another and, good young quarterback coming in, Joe Burrow. He, yep, he's he something else it. too. He's a winner. All right, so uh, a lot to talk about today uh, on the program. Steve Jordahl will be with us next half uh, next hour, mm-hmm. and also Sandy Rios will join us at the bottom of the hour, and Frank Turek coming up in about seven or eight minutes. Uh, and uh, if you want to join us on the internet, go to YouTube or, t- or uh, Facebook and just type in Today's Issues. Today's Issues is the name of the show, and you can watch the live video stream there on those two channels. Chris, what's leading the news this morning? Well, a lot of people are talking about uh, Joe Biden uh, being caught on a hot mic yesterday, uh, talking about Peter Ducey. Uh, Peter Ducey is like one of those reporters that uh, asked the president questions yesterday. And uh, he asked the president whether or not he would take questions on inflation and would he admit that inflation is a liability for him and Democrats going into the midterm elections. That is when uh, President Biden smart alecky said, you know, no, we need more inflation and then went on to use a profanity, which we won't air. Um, well, that's in good to Peter Ducey. I do what I can. Probably, probably good for Christian radio to avoid. Uh, <laughs> yes. 
the president of the United States swearing at somebody. Yes, I do what I can. Also, because I have three people at home that depend on me to eat. Now, <laughs> right, Peter right. Ducey, uh, Peter Ducey did go on Fox News Channel after the incident heard around the world at this point, and uh, Peter said later last night uh, that Biden did call him personally to clear the air with him following that insult. I've got a little bit of that audio of Peter Ducey, clip one. The world is on the brink of like World War Three right now yeah, I, I uh, with it. all this stuff going on. I appreciate <laughs> that the president took a couple minutes out this evening <laughs> while he was still at the desk to, to give me a call and clear the air. At least he called your pal. But, but you know what? I, I don't need anybody to apologize to me. Uh, he can call me whatever he wants as long as it gets him talking. Well, what happened here, folks, if you didn't... Uh... If you didn't, most of you have heard about this. The president, he got frustrated at a question by Peter Ducey of Fox News about inflation. And uh, instead of answering the question, he called Peter Ducey a, um, as, as uh, my mom used to say, an ugly name. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and so it was unbecoming of the president. It isn't the first time a president, uh, Trump did this, President Trump did this mm-hmm. from time to time. He would swear. Uh, I'll, you know, but, but if, uh, and President Biden didn't know he was being heard, I don't think. But still, uh, the uh, I, I will give it to President Biden for calling uh, Ducey and, mm-hmm. and well, he, in essence, apologizing. So, but uh, but the, the fact is that uh, Biden promised not to do these things. He criticized Trump for doing these mean things. tweets, being yeah, mean. B- bullying the media. Remember Ugly that, mm-hmm. Ray? Oh yeah. Tra- oh, yeah. Tra- and and the media went after Trump for bullying the media. Mm-hmm. Yes. And right. here Biden is doing the same thing, but just not the same righteous indignation out there. No, Fred. No, and and I think this this is the second time in about two weeks. That he's been nasty to a Fox reporter. Uh, they have yeah. a, they have another reporter, a lady, and uh, she got. Now he didn't use a bad word, I don't think, in that case, but he was nasty to her. Yeah, and and some people are thinking, you know, Listen, with with the polls going the way they are, yeah. and even Democrats aren't aren't uh, cooperating with him on his legislation, that he's in a very bad mood. Yeah, he is. He's in a bad mood. He's very uh, and listen. Uh, for B- Biden has a reputation of being an affable fella, hmm. right? But he has a temper. He does, and he has a temper, and he can he can let it fly. Hmm. Uh, sometimes we've seen him in the past. He's challenged. You know, remember on the campaign trail, he, he challenged some guy to push up, and, <laughs> and basically almost got in his face and threatened him in this way because he got so angry at a question. Yeah. But Ray, the bottom line is here: he never did question. He never did answer the question about um, inflation. That uh, a serious question that Ducey had asked him. Mm-hmm. Of course, what's he going to say? Right. I guess, but he needs to. He would. Uh, he didn't want to answer any questions about Russia. I mean, excuse me, about Russia and the Ukraine, and he didn't want to answer any questions about inflation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Look, he's he's in so much trouble all the way across the board. If the election were being held today, which it is not, a lot of water under the bridge yet to go, right. get to November. But if it were held right now, it would be a historic defeat for the Democrat Party. And Biden's problem is not just what's happening, but that his own supporters know this is a, tr- a, a slow motion train wreck heading their way. And he is under tremendous pressure 
uh, to change things that he can't. He can't. There's nothing Joe Biden can do today, Tim, to change the problem of inflation. There's nothing. I don't think there's anything he can do to defuse the situation in Ukraine. So, and he's got this train wreck of a first year behind him. So, yeah, I don't blame him for being testy. And he's also got the mainstream media, who has been his ally, yeah. turning against him. We did the story yesterday about Chuck Todd at NBC, what Chuck Todd had to say about the president uh, over the weekend, that basically he's a disaster. Uh, so Incompetent. Incompetent. So he's got even his allies turning against him. Yeah. Uh, so, what, what, what you got going on here with the left-wing media who are turning on Biden, it isn't they're turning on Biden because they disagree with his politics or no. his policies or his ideology. They're just frustrated because they see uh, the uh, White House as incompetent and inconsistent, and they are a, they're doing a, a bad job, mm-hmm. as it were. Mm-hmm. So that's why the media is turning on Biden. And there's not one good poll for Biden. No, not one. No, they're all consistent now. No, no. I, yeah, I described it yesterday as a, a car in a ditch spinning its wheels, getting nowhere. It's an electric vehicle in a ditch. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. <laughs> Without a charger. Yeah, Chevy yes. Volt just sitting there spinning. Yeah. Uh, so we will. It's a. It's a. It's a. Uh, it's a mess. <laughs> The White House is a mess right now, and but you know they're reaping what they've sown. Yeah, the Democratic Party—they've uh, reaping what they—they're reaping what they have sown. They came into office bound and determined to grow government, to get people more dependent on government, to punish people who don't mask, who don't get the vaccination, all of those things. They're trying to destroy the fossil fuel industry in this country. I there was a stat. And I know we have to go to our guests. There was a stat yesterday. In 2017, we were bringing in 18,000 barrels a day of oil from Russia. We're now up to over 200,000 barrels a day from Russia. I didn't know that. Seriously? They they were talking energy on Fox yesterday. Yeah. I had no idea about this. Well, and, that's because Biden killed our is killing our uh, energy independence by shutting down all the pipelines. Exactly. So, so you're to your point about self-inflicted, self-inflicted wounds, right? Right, yeah. Um, I mean, Biden, Harris, and the whole Democrats—they're at war with the, with the, uh, you know, the energy industry in this country. Yeah. Unless it's a, a windmill. Yeah. Well, not a windmill. And they're what riding they? around in an SUV that gets like six miles to the gallon. Yeah. They well, they you know so. Yeah, a lot of this is self-inflicted. Biden's let over 2 million people flood into the country illegally. Now he's offered them lawyers on the southern border. It's it's almost surreal and unbelievable Yeah, the way he's handled all this. And uh, it's uh, attacks on the police and, and law and order. Uh, the Democrats, uh, the social justice movement, that's blowing up in their face, too, as uh, big cities are falling apart with crime. It's unbelievable what's happening in uh, Philadelphia. Had like eighty carjackings in the first twenty days of January. Between Philly, I think of Philly, Los Angeles, D.C., Chicago, carjackings are up about five hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Yesterday, two days ago, a uh, in Washington D.C., a person who was running for the city council was carjacked in the middle of the day. Uh, I think at a get at a at a, like a convenience store. I mean, these, 
These right, this is these criminals. It's out of control. It's out of control in the big cities across the country, and Tim, it's true. Those big cities are almost completely controlled by. They're almost one-party cities, like Chicago, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, controlled that's right. completely by the Democrats. So, what is Joe Biden going to do about that? Nothing. I don't think there's yeah. anything he can do. No, I, no, I don't. I, I, I blame, I blame crime mostly on local politicians. Uh, right. Right. Uh, but still, Biden has had his role and yes. the Democrats in protecting. Uh, well, Harris gave money to bail out one of the looters and not one of, but the member in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Yes. When they burned down Minneapolis. Minneapolis yep. Uh, well, Bi- uh, Harris has given money to bail out some of the folks there who were in trouble bec- in the name of social justice. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the kind of attitude yes. that they've mm-hmm. expressed toward, toward law and order. So. To your point, Fred, a lot of this, a lot of these problems that the, that uh, Biden and the Democrats are facing are self-inflicted. <clears throat> You're listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Well, Dr. Frank Turek joins us most Tuesdays at this time, <clears throat> and pardon me, and uh, he, uh, from Cross Examined Ministries, and he joins us now from uh, great state of North Carolina. Good morning, Frank. Gentlemen, I think Biden could solve the Ukraine situation quite easily, actually. Go. All he needs to do is go bare-chested on the back of a horse. Oh. Oh. Who tried that before? (laughs) That's what Putin has done. And everybody said, we got to watch this guy. This guy is tough. Mm -hmm. Why why doesn't Biden try it? (sighs) I'm I'm trying to see this. Uh, I'm trying not to see this. (laughs) Dude, duly noted, Chris. <laughs> Very good point. Uh, well, Sorry, Chris, you got nightmares now. Uh, I'm going to need to be cross-examined. I'm just, see, I'm just seeing sure. Biden uh, uh, on the horse like that uh, Canadian cartoon character riding backwards. Oh, the, the, what was his oh, yeah. name? Doolittle. Dudley Doolittle riding backwards. Yes, Dudley Doolittle. But you know, I got. I do have to agree with Biden on one thing. Not uh-huh. what he not what he said back, but that was a dumb question from Peter Ducey. What was? What he said it, well, is is inflation a political liability? Well, duh, of course it is. What he uh, should have said is how much of a political liability is inflation, and what are you planning on doing about it? Yeah, ca- yeah. Well, that was Captain Obvious there. Yeah, I uh, mean, come on. Yeah, but yeah, but point. the President of the United States has can't be caught calling somebody no. a. Blankety blank blank. It's just not yeah. good because right, that Trump, because that becomes a story. Yeah, yeah, I know, and that's what happened. Well, Trump did the same thing as you mentioned, Tim. So what? I mean, can, what can Biden do about inflation, Mister Economist? He, I think he could stop uh, spending a lot of government money because that's what's driving. When you give people uh, all sorts of money for free, mm-hmm. every, all the prices go up. You yes. just can't give people money without them working for it. Yes. Uh, you know, unless there's an extreme situation, a safety net. Well, then you but might as well end the Democrat net. Party then, because that's yeah. what they live for. Yeah. I know. Huh? Well, and, and also stop all these mandates, because businesses are being forced by these mask mandates yeah. and vaccinate people to stay home. So these companies are not producing like they should, because they're not producing like they should. There is a, a, a vacuum of items coming off the assembly lines which drives up the prices. So uh, t- tell me, guys, I know we got another topic to talk about here, but uh, tell me, fellows, uh, start with you, Frank. Why in the world is America missing all these workers? 
because er, everywhere we go in this mm -hmm. country, well, I haven't been all over the country from reports I'm hearing all over the country. I know it's true in, here in Mississippi. It was true when I went down to Orlando a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Ray said it's true in Kansas City. Help wanted, help wanted, help wanted. Uh, That's they, right. What's, what's going on? I, North you would, Carolina here, too. Well, if you're paying people not to work, they're not going to work. That's and, right. And then you, you can't get them to work, which is why small businesses in particular are struggling. They can't get anybody to work for them. Why, though? People have to eat. Don't they want to work? Well, they have to eat, but if the government's paying them not to work and, and, and paying to eat, look, some of them would rather make 70% of what they can make for doing nothing Okay. than going to work for 30%. How do you I solve mean, that? Stop paying people to do nothing. <laughs> You mean like end uh, unemployment or scale it back? Or? Well, look, President Clinton had this right years ago. He said it's got to be welfare to work. It can't be perpetual welfare. You're not helping people by making them dependent on the government. Well, Fred, you want to weigh in on this? Well, like I said, I, I think Joe, Joe Biden could uh, help this country right now if he came out tomorrow and said, we're ending mask mandates, we're ending vaccination mandates. Now, you company, if you want to impose it on your workers, we're leaving it up to you. But we're ending these mandates. It's not going to be used as an excuse to shut down companies But now anymore. the Supreme Court just ended that. It, it ended it for companies with 100 or, or more. Also, you need to end it the for... The federal government employees. Yeah, and federal government employees. Contractors. But also military. Listen, the mandates have to end. Stop putting Fauci on the air every second day to tell us what we, we need no more boosters. The country's in a bad mood. That That's playing into a lot of this. So, Mr. President, be a leader. Let's yeah. get over this. I, I agree with Bill Maher, this, not all the time, talk show yeah. host. I'm fed up with this. I'm done with this. Yeah. No, I agree with you 100%. Let me ask you, Ray, and then Chris. Uh, Ray, I thought, I think most of us thought, okay, the pandemic, businesses were shut down, People were, you know, told to stay home and so forth and so on. And that went on. We were hit with the Delta variant. And then and then I thought, well, when this is calms down, which it did calm down, uh, you know, in late fall, I thought, well, the work people will come back to work. But that didn't happen, and it's still not happening, and it's kind of scary in a way. Go ahead, Ray. Well, it's a situation, in part what Frank has said, that we've been paying people not to work. You get used to that, right? You get used to walking around in your slippers and sitting right. in your recliner and drinking your coffee and hang, what, playing video games and, and cashing the checks or the direct deposit from the government. So until that spigot is turned off, we're not going to see an end of this. The other thing is, I do believe we're just, Tim, a few weeks, maybe even less than that, from being done with all this because I think the American people – left, right, and center are done. I right. think they're done right. by and large with the mandates, with the lockdowns, with the cloth mask and sending kids home because they're not wearing a mask and all that. We're past that because clearly it really has not accomplished much of anything positive in the last two years. <clears throat> Plus this Omicron variant, and who knows what variant will come along right. in the future. Hopefully none. This Omicron variant is basically a head cold for most people. Uh, it doesn't last long, and uh, it's not going to the lungs. So people aren't dying because of the Omicron variant. So, yeah, I think uh, even even a lot of liberals are expressing their desire. To, let's, just get, let's just get back to life. Mm -hmm. okay? you know, some As, of them are dying, though, Tim, because the mandates have caused many health workers to quit. 
And the problems in the in the ho- in the hospitals are not due to the disease; they're due to low staffing. That's right. the problem. So we've shot ourselves in the foot by saying you got to get you got to get a vaccine in order to work here. Yeah. And they say, well, I'm not doing that. And so now there's nobody working in the hospitals, or fewer people, obviously, and that's creating the problem. Yeah. That was the problem in California a couple of weeks ago when they said, hey, if you if you test positive but you're asymptomatic, you can come on into work because we're in a staffing shortage. And buried in the Fox News story about that, it did point out that the reason they were in staffing shortages is because that hospital, like others, was requiring people to get the shot. Listen, uh, I, it, uh, this has got to be going on in, all over the country. In, uh, but uh, I'm here in uh, Tupelo, Mississippi, driving around. you got... You got restaurants closing at six o'clock that have mm-hmm. never closed before at six o'clock. Mm-hmm. I went to get gas at a convenience store I frequent a lot, and the other day, and they were closed down at six o'clock at night. Talk about on a main boulevard, mm-hmm. and, and where they would be open to ten or eleven at night normally, mm-hmm. they're closed at six. And I'm going, well, they don't have a staff. They don't have the staff, and then mm-hmm. you're hearing this all over the country. And I'm just going, when is this going to end? Because if it doesn't end, you're going to have a lot of businesses that are going to go under. Uh huh. Yeah. So, it but uh, it's kind of like I kept expecting people to come back to work. Uh, you know, these jobs to be filled, and they're not being filled. At like fifteen dollars an hour, which is twice the minimum yeah. wage in Mississippi. Yeah. Still not being filled. Uh, all right. You're listening to today's issues. Uh, we really don't have time, Frank, to cover the topic you sent forward uh, to us. Why don't you tell us what's coming up on? Your fine program this weekend and how people can uh, people can get in touch with you. Well, this weekend, we're going to be talking about the issue we were going to talk about in this segment, but we had other things to talk about, and that is this idea of gender ideology, what it's doing to our children, particularly our girls. You know, Abigail Schreier has written the book Irreversible, uh, or uh, Irreversible Damage, uh, which is how the transgender craze is harming our young girls and we're going to talk about that. In fact, she had a brilliant speech she gave up at Hillsdale College earlier uh, in 2021. And I'm going to go through some of that and, of course, add some of my own insights to it. It's crazy. And I know Fred has a story. Maybe, Fred, you can uh, bring it up in the next segment uh, regarding uh, teachers who are actually hiding from the parents mm-hmm. the fact that they're trying to get 10, 11-year-old girls to transition. Yeah. Court case out of Spreckles, California. We'll deal with it after the break. Okay. This this is horrendous. This is a yeah. school telling a little girl, uh, we're going to change your name here at, at school. We're going to use the other pronoun that you want without ever telling the parents. Where is this in California? Spreckles, California, near Salinas, California. Yeah. Uh, I think it's uh, near Monterey area. But yeah, uh, we'll tell you more about it. San Francisco. It. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something, folks. You need to be aware of what your children and grandchildren are being taught in schools. Mm-hmm. Yes. Huh? And I'm not talking, we used to just say colleges and universities. I'm talking high school, junior high, even elementary now. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, but behind the critical race theory stuff that's being pushed and this uh, gender uh, identity stuff mm-hmm. that's being pushed, um, you, you need to be aware of what's being taught and what's going on. All right, uh, Frank Turek uh, will be hosting Cross-Examined Saturday morning right here on this channel, American Family Radio, at 9 a.m. Central Time, and then Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock Central Time, 
Right here on American Family Radio, make sure you join Frank for Cross-Examined, a weekend program. How long have you been doing this for us now? Man, I, I got to say since like 2008, Tim, something yeah. like that. It's been a while. Yeah. yeah. And I recruited you, right? You did. Thank you. Yeah. You're my Josh Allen. <laughs> I, rec- I, re- I recruit. I'm just not going to pay you that <laughs> kind of money. Huh? All right, we'll be back in a minute, everybody. Stay with us. When you hear this, this is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. Have you heard about the new Bible Museum in Washington, D.C.? Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. I guess it's been open two or three years now, maybe a little longer, but it's one of the premier sites on our trip to Washington, D.C., our spiritual heritage tour in June and September, where we visit the Bible Museum and all the other sites that you are familiar with in Washington, D.C., including George Washington's Mount Vernon estate. We're also going to go on a separate trip to Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown. Those tours are back-to-back. If you want to go with us, we're going in June and September. We'd love to have you. Go to the website, spiritualheritagetours.com. Stephen McDowell, my dear friend, will be joining us. He's a historian and president of the Providence Foundation, and he's going to make our trip so much richer by adding commentary and telling us the stories of the people, places, and times. SpiritualHeritageTours.com. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stearns. Stand by for news and commentary next. At Liberty University, we're proud to support those who serve and protect us every day, like first responders and past and present military members and their spouses. As thanks for your service, we offer special tuition rates and discounts. You'll also find deployment-friendly classes and degrees tailored to your specific interests and career goals. Learn how Liberty designs degrees just for you by texting DEGREE to 49595. That's DEGREE to 49595. Taxpayer-funded universities are facing a financial pandemic. Overall enrollment at colleges and universities across the nation down nearly 6% since 2019. That's according to the National Student Clearinghouse Research Center. The crisis in higher education is even more ominous among undergraduates, where enrollment is down nearly 8%. William Patterson University in New Jersey says they plan on laying off 100 professors, including three with tenure. The truth is that many students are frustrated by the wokeness that's infected higher education, not to mention the communist-style pandemic restrictions. And many others are discovering they can actually live the American dream without getting a college degree and without a mountain of student loan debt. You know, there may be a silver lining to the global pandemic after all. Be sure to pick up a copy of my latest book, Culture Jihad, available at your favorite bookstore or toddsterns.com. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1.13 American Family Radio This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. 
Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Tim with Fred, Chris, and Ray. You want to make an application to be on uh, one of our hosts here? You need to uh, only have a one-syllable first name. Because <laughs> Steve will be along next hour. Uh, and Brent's our producer. And we kick Walker off. Because <laughs> he's got two syllables. So Ed, Ed's still on. We didn't really kick Walker off. He just <laughs> has his own program each afternoon now on AFR. Um, Sandy Rios joins us right now. Sandy is the Director of Governmental Affairs for American Family Association, and she's heard each morning here on AFR with Sandy Rios in the morning at 7 a.m. Central Time here on American Family Radio. Good morning, Sandy. Good morning, Tim. How See, you doing? Do it, How you do doing? It. I'm doing well. Good, uh, good. Hey, you got a um, you got another interview you got to get to in a few minutes. You already done that. No, I just did one. I just did oh, one. Wait, I who, just need a nap. No, who, I'm, no, I'm good. <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> you need a nap, sound like Biden. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh no! Don't don't say that. Oh lord. Listen, man. I, I'm just saying, Sleepy Joe. That's what you know. Some people affectionately call the president of the United States. Uh, what'd you do the interview on? Oh, fascinating stuff. Um, there's an organization in Tennessee called it. Uh, it's uh, it's the Tennessee Liberty Network, and it's a group of citizens who have some. Uh, some of them are professionals, but others are just concerned active citizens, and they jumped in to figure out why hospitals are taking COVID patients, slapping ventilators on them, and letting them die and refusing treatment. Where is this uh, happening? Simply put. Where it's is happening this all over the country. Okay. Yeah, in the last, uh, in probably in the last five days, three people have died uh, from uh, the protocol. So what they do is that you take some. This is what happened to my husband too. You take them to the hospital. Uh, the hospital takes them away from you, and you can't see them. They give remdesivir to every single person. Uh, then they put them on a ventilator, and they give them drugs, and then they die. And that's pretty much the way it is. And and the last, um, there have been three different cases, like I said, in the last five days, I'm guessing. No, I guess they, they all died maybe in the last three or four days. Uh, one was a patient, a, a woman took her husband to Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville, Florida. He was, uh, he'd gone to his doctor, was had tested positive for COVID, and the doctor told him to go to Mayo for the monoclonal antibody treatments, which he did. And the people at the hospital told her, to uh, leave, you know, come back in about three hours and and pick him up, but when she came back, they had uh, they had put him in the hospital without her permission, and they had slapped and they wouldn't let him her see him. They started these drugs, they put him on a ventilator, and this went on since October, uh, and she begged to see her husband. She missed his 60th birthday. He lost all kinds of weight. Uh, he stayed on the ventilator, and then uh, he, in the last few days, he died, and that. Uh, counters the same story out from uh, Arizona, another hospital out there doing that. And then there was a woman in Minnesota whose husband was in the hospital on this ventilator, had lost 30 pounds, and she was begging to see him, begging that they would let him go. They wouldn't let him go. They mocked her for him not being vaccinated. That's kind of what he deserves. 
And she finally hired an attorney and got him out, took him to Texas, and he died like in the last probably day and a half. Mm. He passed away, and the doctors there said they'd never seen someone so, he was so emaciated, and that they could not believe the drugs that they were giving him. So this is standard care in our hospitals now, Tim. So what? Who? So what's the fundamental problem right there? Um, well, go ahead. Yeah, the problem is uh, what they have found out is that the hospitals. Now we knew some of this, but had no idea the extent. Uh, they are they give every patient that goes into the hospital with COVID, for COVID, remdesivir. Remdesivir is a terrible drug that kills people, causes renal failure. It does all kinds of bad things to people. We know that from studies. But the hospitals get 20%, a 20% bonus on the entire bill of the person if they give remdesivir. 20% bonus. A remdesivir is like a $3,100 a treatment, by the way, also. So the pharmaceutical companies are doing very well on this. The hospital is doing very well on it. And then... Uh, for every COVID admission in the hospital, now it varies from state to state. In Tennessee, hospitals get $166,000 for every COVID admission. In, um, uh, in West Virginia, the hospital gets $471,000 for every COVID admission. If you, if you put a patient on the ventilator, you get $39,000 for each patient that you put on a ventilator. So I mean I could go on and on, Tim. It's a it's it's a finan- unbelievable financial incentive, and that's the reason it seems that they have demonized ivermectin and hydro. Ivermectin is like a dollar a dose. Hydroxychloroquine is probably cheaper than that. So those medica- medications have been demonized, and uh, the remdesivir, which is thirty one hundred dollars a dose, uh, is the the go to drug, even though it's causing people to die and have uh, renal failure. So I could go on and on. This is the kind of thing that the Tennessee Liberty Network is find out, finding out and, and, uh, and notating. So um, they're where, trying to stop this. Yeah, where can people uh, read more about this? At your Facebook page? Uh, I'm talking about what, me, all, what all you've talked about. Yeah, the, well, for me, uh, the, uh, Getter is where we're posting things now. G-E-T-T-R, people need to join Getter. It's pretty user-friendly, and uh, you can get information on this. It's not going to be there right this minute. Uh, but uh, but it will be there uh, in the next few days, and but you can go to the um, uh, the Tennessee sorry Tennessee Liberty Network has a Facebook page, and you can get information from that. I'm pretty sure, and the Tennessee Patient Bill of Rights. I'm assuming that's online somewhere, but that's that's a bill that they are uh, working on. That's got two sponsors in the uh, the House in Tennessee, and th- that will reverse all of this. And it will cause uh, places like Vanderbilt, for instance, also not to be able to deny kidneys to people like Deborah Doster, who was on my show a couple of weeks ago and has been removed from the list because she hasn't been vaccinated. It's horrific what they're doing to people, Tim. They're causing people to die. Yeah, Fred, uh, before you mentioned your, uh, I saw a story just uh, a couple of hours ago out of, it was out of Boston. And a gentleman there who was not, he was waiting, he had reached the top of the list for a heart transplant. Mm-hmm. He looked to me like he was in his 40s. And now the hospital said, nope, if you don't get a vaccine shot, we're not giving you a heart transplant. Yep. I was just, I, I know I'd heard this story before about kidneys, uh, what, what you're talking about uh, with, with uh, Debbie, mm-hmm. right? 
Sandy? Yes, yes. Uh-huh, yes. Okay. And we tried to help her. I know you have, too. It's. A, I was just, I was going like, wow, you're telling me a man needs a heart transplant to live, Ray? And there, and then, Fred, you come in, and then, and then the hospital is saying, in Boston, saying, nope, you don't, you don't uh, bow the knee for the vaccine shot. We're not giving you your heart transplant. Let me just say that what you just said, and Sandy, what you've just said and reported, it's not just frustrating, it's maddening, it's infuriating that in America, you can just, you can say to a, a, a somebody needs a kidney, sorry, you didn't get the jab, go someplace else. A man needs a heart transplant, go somewhere else, you haven't been vaccinated. How has it come to this? Is it is it the hospitals and the government, Sandy, working in cahoots together? How could this how could this possibly be legally happening in America today? Well, it it um, my understanding is that this all was born out of the the CARES Act, that two trillion dollar bill they passed to you know to rush to help people that had COVID to give money to businesses, uh, but in in that huge bill, all this stuff was there. Uh, in fact, there's immunity from lawsuits for hospitals. You can't sue the hospital for doing this. I learned that this morning. I didn't know. Hmm. Uh, it's a it's a total protection. They're the ones. It, it's laid out in the CARES Act, and so they're covered. And and I would say, you know, we keep in mind what's happening is the federal government is doling out all this money, and uh, the hospitals are taking it. Doctors, I'm sure some of them are very willing. I'm sure that others are scared to death because they're losing their licenses if they don't do this. Uh, so um, there, there's sounds a like the med- sounds like the medical mafia. It really does, doesn't it? Tim? I mean, what you've been describing here, you know, I, obviously, folks, we're not here to impugn all doctors, nurses, and hospitals, but the facts are what Sandy's talking about, it, it, which can be researched. And I've often wondered, Fred, uh, with this with COVID, is there a and Sandy's Stated there is, is there a financial incentive for hospitals to treat COVID patients over any other kind of well problem? We have known this now for a year and a half, that there were financial incentives for treating COVID patients, yes. I just wanted to say the Minneapolis case, Sandy, that you mentioned, Jan Markell on Understanding the Times spent an hour on that case last weekend. Now, uh, what happened in that case? You have a woman's husband in hospital, uh, and at some point after being on the ventilator a long time, the hospital notifies the wife of this gentleman, uh, we're going to basically turn it, turn the machine off at 12 noon tomorrow. The wife goes get to a, a lawyer, it's a Christian lawyer, goes to a lawyer, and they get a, a 24-hour stop on that, and then eventually got a month stop on it, and she was able to get her husband down to a hospital in Texas. But sadly, it was too late. As Sandy mentioned, this gentleman passed away just in in the last three or four days. But the doctors at the hospital in Texas said they've never seen a person that was basically the he looked starved to death. Mm -hmm. This, this This is a horrible story. I, I hope I, I I know there there are the provisions, Sandy, as you mentioned, the Care Act, that these hospitals will not be sued. But I'm sorry, there's got to be a court somewhere that will start to listen to these cases 
start well, to listen so. to these cases so that it can come to light of, of what this government that we have in power today was willing to do. And I think Fred, someday Dr. Fauci is going to be hauled before a court I for what's too. been I, going on. I think in Nuremberg trials, there will need to be Nuremberg trials for this. This is the murder of people, thousands and thousands of people. I just read this morning, I'm sure you've been following this, about the, the death rate among prime-age citizens, 18 to 54, 59, something like that, how the death rate has increased, and not, and not counting COVID, not counting suicides, uh, overdoses from drugs, there in, is in that age range an increase of 50,000 deaths for none of those reasons. Uh, yeah, so pe- people are dying. And could one other thing, Tim, because yeah. I, I, this just happened last night. This came in my box this morning from the Florida Health Department. This evening, without any advance notice, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration revised the emergency use authorization for basically monoclonal antibodies. The revised EUAs do not allow providers to administer these treatments within the United States. Unfortunately, as a result of this abrupt decision made by the federal government, all monoclonal antibody state sites will be closed until further notice. They're stopping the monoclonal antibody treatments. At the same time, I read this morning that they are increasing the use of remdesivir outside of the hospital. Now they're going to start giving COVID patients remdesivir through their pharmacy and to take in the privacy of their own home, which we know is documented that it kills people, has terrible side effects. That's not a random thing. You can look it up. You can probably find that pretty easily. So I just, this is, it's getting worse and people need to understand this. Uh, here's a story I was talking about earlier. I saw it on the New York Post this morning. Uh, and it's still there as one of their lead stories. A 31-year-old father has been removed from the heart transplant list at a Boston hospital because he is refusing to get the COVID-19 vaccine, his family said. Uh, this is at the... Uh, he was first on the list to receive the heart transplant at Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston. Uh, he's 31 years old, and he's set to get the th- set to get the heart transplant. He needs it to live, mm-hmm. and they're telling him, "Oh, no, you get the shot, or we're not giving you your heart transplant." I, I'm just aghast mm-hmm. at that. I mean, just as the words that Ray used earlier, and don't tell me that you got to have that. Uh, you know, okay. I guess the argument on the other side of this for the hospital would be, no, uh, it's the same thing. We wouldn't give a lung transplant to a smoker. Okay, we wouldn't give a uh, 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 what is it that just alcohol destroys your liver? Mm. We won't give a liver transplant to an alcoholic. Then we're not going to give a heart transplant to a COVID denier, a COVID vaccine denier. I guess they're trying to make that equivalency. I, I, w- I would suspect, but it it absolutely doesn't hold up because the COVID vaccine shots are not stopping people from getting COVID or spreading COVID. So what's the point? The point is they're wanting the man to bow the knee to the Dr. Fauci syndrome, or you're going to die, man. You're going to die, you 31-year-old. It's just uh, immoral. I would take this. I don't know if there's any court case to be had here or if you can win something like this, but uh, uh, anyway. Uh, Tim, let me yeah, go I, ahead. Let go me ahead. Inter- the other irony of this, the mm. other irony of this is one of the side effects 
or the uh, residuals of the COVID shot that has been proven that it's it's a tremendous concern. In fact, they stopped giving the vaccine to young men because of it for a time. And that's the onset of myocarditis, which is permanent, pericarditis mm-hmm. and myocarditis in men of the age of the guy that's getting the heart transplant. That's so true. you're going to give that's them true. a in shot? Your, in European countries, uh, some European countries, uh, they banned the... Um, uh, what, what's the, the one of the major vaccine shots? The Moderna. Moderna. They they banned the Moderna from thirty and under males. Uh, this was a couple of months ago because it was causing what Sandy's describing there. Yeah. So, and this gentleman's thirty-one years old. Um, Sandy, thanks for being on with us and sharing that. Uh, we encourage people to listen to your show every morning from seven oh five to eight o'clock Central Time. Here on American Family Radio and uh, Sandy Rios in the morning. And uh, Sandy, thanks so much. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again next time, okay? Yes. Tim, can I just add one thing? Yes, please. It's positive. Uh Uh, There was a big march in D.C. on Sunday uh, against the mandates. And like 35,000 people showed up. (laughs) And that's the first of its kind. And so I want people to understand that people like these people in Tennessee, they're fighting back. They're fighting back, and we can fight back, too. Amen. So it's not over till it's over. Yes. Amen. So, okay. uh, all right. Thank you, Sandy. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Thanks, you guys. Okay. Talk to you Take later. Care, Bye-bye. That's Sandy Rios, R-I-O-S. Ray? It is. Let me just repeat myself. You use the word aghast. That's how we ought to feel. We ought to be very angry about this. Yeah people being denied life-saving medical treatment that they are otherwise qualified for. Yes. Otherwise, there's nothing hindering them. The only thing is they haven't taken the jab, haven't taken right. the shot, the vaccine. Right. That's immoral. That's yeah, wrong. Absolutely. I, absolutely. And it's not equivalent to the, the cases I mentioned earlier, uh, Fred. No. It's, it, that's what they're going to say. They're going to say it's the same as we're not giving a lung transplant to a smoker. And we're not giving a heart transplant to a vaccine, a guy who won't take the, sh- the COVID vaccine. They're trying to make that moral equivalency, and it's not exi- it, that, that doesn't hold up. Yeah, they do that with uh, flu shots and other things. Um, uh, I've seen and heard a lot of politicians and news personalities. They'll say things like, what's the difference between requiring employees to get the COVID shot and a flu shot? Uh, and the general response from a lot of people is there's years worth of data about the flu shot. Yeah, but I don't know anybody who requires a flu shot. Well, maybe just, hospitals. As do. an example, there yeah. you know a lot of people have talked sure. about how uh, the Marines, for example, right. you have to get all kinds of injections to go uh, to battle. But but to your point though, Chris, uh, for the military people, you know before you sign up, oh yeah, you're going to have this uh, array, uh, you know, smallpox and all of that sort of thing. You're going to get these in order to ship you around the world wherever the military <laughs> needs you. But you know that before you sign up. And these have been tested for years, years for decades and, and decades. Right. We know about these vaccines. Yes. And they're so, real vaccines. So don't let anybody fool you folks into this argument. It's just not the same thing at all. No, it, listen, it's, it's, it's just for these uh, liberals, uh, not well, they're more hardcore progressive than they are liberals. Liberals like Bill Maher, he would be a... He would be in agreement with us. Mm-hmm. Classic liberals. We sure. do have that audio of Bill. If you uh, want I, to, I do uh, want to play that in just okay. a moment. But but let me just say, but but the hardcore progressives on this issue 
on, on the forced vaccinations, they don't care that uh, that that these mandates, these COVID shots, do not keep you from uh, getting COVID or spreading COVID. That you can tell them that, and they like put their fingers in their ears and go, "Well, I'm not going to talk about that." So they want to talk about that. What? So, so you have to start asking yourself, well. If you don't, if you don't even want to, it's this what Aaron Rodgers went through. This is why he went public. If you don't want to even have this discuss, we can't even. So you're telling me we can't even have the discussion mm. about the the vaccines. And I'm, uh, are you going to call me an anti-vaxer or a flat earther? So we can't even have this discussion. That's what. Remember what Aaron Rodgers was saying. If we can't even talk about science, it's not science. It's propaganda. Mm. Talking about the uh, quarterback for the Green Bay Packers who got in trouble for those kinds of comments. Uh, so if you can't if you can't even have this discussion, you know about the effectiveness of the vaccine shots. Uh, maybe what about the side effects? Mm-hmm. What about the harm that it does do to some people? And you're gonna we're just gonna de- deny that it is. Is there? <clears throat> you have to factor in. I'm just saying it's one factor. I'm not saying it's a. I'm just saying it's one factor. When you can't sue the company for a uh, product that that turns out to do something terrible or wrong or bad to your body and you can't, you have no legal recourse with the company that, that it does beg the question. Why? Mm-hmm. Right. Am I right? Am I, is that crazy? Yeah. Now the reason uh, we talked about this many times, I understand from the pharmaceutical company's legal counsel, uh, you know, their office, they're going, Hey, we, we're going to rush this thing out to the public we we can't know all the downsides, and so we can't be held re- responsible legally if it kills somebody, for example, or causes somebody's heart to inflame, right? Yep. So I understand that, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you have to say, well, uh, well, the you're gonna so it's you are admitting it's rushed out. That's right. and it's experimental. Go ahead. But why wasn't there a clause put in these contracts? Right. That after eight, 18 months of using this, if we're starting to see these side effects, then we end it. That Sandy was talking about. What's happening to these young well, men? I, I, would, I, I don't know if I necessarily say end it. I don't know where that line is. But at least say uh, not make it forced. Not make it mandated. That's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. Listen, I, I got no problem. If you want to boost every day, get yourself a you know an intravenous booster. Go for it mm-hmm. to, to keep you from getting COVID. I'm being sarcastic here, but I'm talking about what they're talking about now is like boosters every three months. Really? That's yes. what they're talking mm-hmm. about. Yes. Uh, that's what the CDC and others are talking about. So if you want to do that, knock yourself out. Just don't make it required to, to be a part of society and, yes. and live your life here in America. That's what And I'm why saying. this order from the FDA, as Sandy was pointing out last night, that we're going to stop shipping you these monoclonal antibody treatments. Why? Why would you do that? Well, no, they're not working against the uh, variant, the uh, Omicron. Omicron. That. I don't know why I can't say that word. Huh? Uh, well, let me just say this. I'm uh, I, I'm hearing a lot of people say that those are not working against the Omicron. They are against the Delta variant, which is still lingering. I guess. Y'all know what you. Am I making sense here? You know what I'm talking about, Ray? Sure. 
But okay. it just doesn't make uh, – I get what you're saying. What doesn't make sense is for the FDA to pass a rule I agree. saying these treatments, which 24 hours ago were legal – are now illegal anywhere okay. in the United States. That's a different discussion then. I yes. apologize. I shouldn't have introduced the idea that they're not working against the Omicron because that's a separate issue. That should be a decision of the state. Yes. Right. Not of the FDA saying we're well, not. Why would the FDA sh- do that, do you think, Fred? Well, I'm I'm suspicious after two years of suspicious. Okay, yeah. we, we we would rather <laughs> not treat this Versus, and treatments are different. Like ivermectin is a treatment. Remember right from the beginning, they call it horse dewormer. Mm-hmm. They tried to discredit it right from the beginning. Even though we had the evidence of former President Trump, they gave him ivermectin. Guess what? A couple of days it was done with him. What What is it that you want to stop people using a drug that's been around for years and years and years, has been successful it makes you automatically suspicious. Why are you denying me a treatment that has worked? Right. Tell me, why are you denying me that? Well, we need to get Ed in here because Ed, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, and Ed's talked about this before, Ed Vitagliano I'm talking about. A year ago or so, he had COVID, and uh, he, he was getting sick, and he took the hydroxychloroquine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did I get that right? Mm-hmm. Got it. And he took it, somebody gave him a, like a free seven days worth. And he said, I took it for seven days and I didn't get any sicker. He said, when I quit taking it, I went downhill fast. Mm. And that's one of those things. That's just a personal anecdotal mm-hmm. testimony. Mm-hmm. But do you hear those kinds of things from people and you go, why can't we even talk about this? I, yes. I know a lot of people that have taken ivermectin and are still with us. You have to take it early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. In your diagnosis, and it's really for the uh, the other variants, not this latest one. All right, so uh, folks, we'll be back in five minutes with more of today's issues. Stay with us. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.